<laughs> and welcome to Pints and Politics. Pints and Politics is a weekly discussion program of all things political coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio, CFFF in Peterborough, Ontario, 92.7 on your FM dial. My name is Bill Templeton. Our broadcast time slot is 9 to 10 every Tuesday evening. In addition to this radio show, Pints and Politics is streamed live from the Trent Radio website. We also have a podcast at pintsandpolitics.ptbopodcasters.ca. And every Thursday, a small crew of pundits gathers at the Garnet Pub, Aylmer and Hunter, in Peterborough at 5 p.m. for an informal gathering. We're at, we uh, yell at each other about politics. Well, not quite yell. Uh, anyway, all are welcome. Please join us. We post on Twitter, at Bill Temp, and on the Cooperate Peterborough Facebook page. Joining me tonight in our very spacious uh, Trent Radio <laughs> Studio A are, 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 you, you can hear the echoes down the marble halls here, four familiar voices. First of all, journalist and former mayor of Peterborough, Sylvia Sutherland. Welcome, Sylvia. Musician and former NDP candidate, Sean Conway. Playwright and math teacher, Tim Etherington. And writer, broadcaster, and podcaster, Donald Fraser. Welcome all. Thanks. Thank you. you. Now, before we dive into the thick of the municipal election, I'd like to take a few minutes uh, to remember Peter Adams. Peter died on September 28th. And with his passing, Peterborough lost a a giant uh, of community leadership. For the benefit of newcomers and listeners who may not have been here long enough to know him, what did Peter Adams bring to our community? Well, I'll start, if you you will, because I knew Peter uh, quite well. Peter brought uh, tremendous energy, among other things, to our community. He brought integrity to politics in our community. It wasn't entirely, it wasn't absent, but Peter had it. He, uh, he was uh, involved in any number of things from saving PCVS back in the old days uh, to all the issues he dealt with both as a provincial MPP and uh, he lost uh, in the election that elected Jenny Carter. He lost by about 134 votes, a vote oh. a poll. And uh, then he went on later, of course, to become our member of parliament. But he was also a very fine academic. He established a geography department at uh, at uh, Trent University. He was an expert on Arctic ice and did many expeditions up there. He wrote volumes and volumes uh, related to geography. He was just a great guy, Peter. He he uh, he he had. There's no side to Peter. At all. And it doesn't matter how you voted. You know, if you had a problem, he really would try to help you. And uh, as Kathy Brunger, who for many years was his assistant, said, you know, he treated his staff well. He treated people well. He was he was he was a good example of what really a politician should be, I think, or a public a public official. Wonderful, Donald. Um, so first of all, uh, I, I want to say uh, when. Uh, Peter, Peter and Sylvia, who's sitting to, to my right here, they overlapped, and, and they did so um, in an era when politics were not only kinder, uh, but they were more approachable. And uh, there couldn't have been two better people who were acting as, as, as leaders, both at the, the federal level and at the municipal level, for people who were working on projects in the community. Uh, I remember I was working at GreenUp, and uh, whenever we were launching programs, we, we were looking for funding, so we would be looking for funding from the city or or from uh, from the feds, uh, and we had great backers in our elected officials, which was really really incredible. And not only were they great backers, but they were people who would get involved with those programs. So if you were doing a launch, they were there. They were when you saw them on the street, they they'd be asking you about the programs, asking what they could do, what they could push forward. You know, um, Sylvia offered a number of uh, mayoral proclamations, and Peter would <laughs> chime in with some of them on the on the federal level. And uh, and so you'd have an event. I remember we'd have kids events. And Peter would show up, and he'd show up at a, at a at a grade school, at an elementary school. He's not getting any votes here. And uh, I remember one time he was he, he got into an obstacle course race with Cool Captain Climate, this this climate saving superhero. <laughs> and, and not only did he get involved with the race, but it, it turned into a brawl. And he he was pulling Cool Captain Climate back. He was playing dirty. The kids were laughing, uh, and he uh, he he was a major part of our community and went out of his way to be a major part of our community. Uh, and that was at the same thing at Trent. I was at, um, I was at the geography 50th anniversary at homecoming at Trent university last weekend. And, uh, we had just heard that, that Peter had passed the night before. And I got to tell you, 
you know, the the impact uh, was huge. And, and, you know, we started talking about his impact. The kids that he brought, brought up to the Arctic, you know, they mm-hmm. were doing groundbreaking stuff, bringing those kids up to the Arctic and, and doing all kinds of, of studies on climate. Uh, he, was, he was a leader in Peterborough. He was a, a leader at Trent. And he's the type of politician that I think if we look at uh, uh, politics today in the mm-hmm. era of, of Trump, in the era of Ford, that would be absolutely refreshing and uh, mm. in, in in so many ways peter will be missed yeah sean well just to to chime in on uh, a little bit of what donald was talking about um speaking as a millennial and i so begrudgingly take that title however that's uh, <laughs> one that i carry um peter adams was the was the first politician that would come to our school and was around. Well, wow. and uh, you know when 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 I was in school, in you know he'd go to Lakefield, he'd come to Peterborough schools. He, you know, was was involved in that, and that was the first sort of glimpse that a lot of people my ha- age had into federal politics, is is seeing uh, people like Peter Adams, and uh, and then even in my experience in the last campaign, uh, talking to people my age, being like, you know, this is. This is great that that you're doing this it, because I remember that you know Peter Adams was the first uh, person that really talked to me about politics, listened to what I had to say as a young person, whether that person was nine, whether that person was ninety or anywhere in between, and that uh, sort of unflinching humanity was mm. was really really evident with him. Well, thank you for that. Uh, just tell you one quick story. Sure, sure. And, and, and Peter was always running. It, it, yeah. and it, physically, like he was always running. Yes. And I think it was I think it was John Turner that he defeated for the for the provincial seat. And John uh, John was a member and a really nice guy. I mean, it, 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 it was a decent campaign. But John Peter was forever first thing every morning. You see Peter running by, and apparently some and John had a little spaniel dog. And apparently someone said to John Turner, who was not noted for running by, John, could you at least walk your dog around the block? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. Um, as I said off mic before the show, uh, you know, we could spend an hour very fruitfully on Peter Adams, and uh, maybe we will this fall. Uh, what a loss. With that, um, the election. Now, what I propose is... Um, we have a few general questions that I, I've cooked up about campaigning. Then the mayor's race. What's going on with that? And then finally, like to take a, a quick walk through all the wards before we sign off. So a lot to cover. So let me start now. Online voting starts today. Advance polls are on the 12th. Election day is less than two weeks away. Hands up if you voted. Point. At this point in a campaign, are voters still making up their minds, or are they just looking for confirmation? They're still making up their minds, I think. Uh, Many of them are. Uh, I don't think I've seen an election in a long time where so many of them at this stage are busy making up their minds. Ah. Well, Tim and I went on a bit of a field trip over to Election Fest uh, just uh, oh. just last hour. Do tell. And uh, I, we went uh, we went around and we talked to a lot of folks. I was there uh, from the beginning, and uh, really great turnout of people coming, asking questions. Not a lot of button wearers, which I would say chimes right into uh, undecided voters and. That's where they're going to go. They're going to go there and they're going to ask their question. They're going to get that FaceTime because if they don't get the question they want or they don't get the answer they want, the person that's going to answer it is right next door. Now, was the attendance – there were a lot of voters there? When I when I first got there, there was about 50 people in there. And then uh, about halfway through the event, I'd imagine maybe close to 150. What was the turnout from candidates? Were all of them there? I think we had all hands on deck. Yeah, I can't recall one candidate wasn't there. Yeah, it seemed to be everybody there. You know, that's the third one I've been to. The first one I attended was 1997, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I came later than Sean, so I actually I missed the I missed the, the the bulk of the crowd. It was getting kind of sparse by the time I showed up, just after eight o'clock. But if there was one thing that was different, and I guess this is the age of social media, uh, it was a younger crowd. You know, not not it wasn't a universally really? younger crowd, but it was 
four years ago in the last election when I was running a campaign. So I was there from the beginning and, you know, like anyone does and try to try to, you know, take the best position and all that. Um, there was a sense that it had become kind of redundant. You know, the people came in and went out, but there there wasn't something. There's something something a bit different feeling about it today. And I think the whole election's that way, too. There's a sense of of uh, I, I don't know if it's changed necessarily, but going back to what Sylvia said, there's an, there's an, people feeling undecided. I think people feel there actually is a choice to make uh, for the first time in a while. Donald, uh, I'm going to flip that on its head for a second, and uh, and I and I think so. We have we have a two we have a two way mayoral race. There are there are two candidates, and I think to a certain extent, uh, a lot of people will look at this as uh, if you're looking at it as as a progressive, you're going to look at this race as a um, good evil black white. <laughs> Um, progress versus you know whatever you want to want to call it um, to a certain extent you're going to have people uh, coming out and asking There's a lot of questions. body language going on yeah. in the studio, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sylvia's going to rub me out right at the end of this one, um, and I I don't think this is the case for for everyone, but I think that there are a lot of people out there who uh, who who will know what they're doing as soon as those two names were announced. Probably as soon as one of those names was announced, and uh, and yes, you are you are going to find that every election is different, and that there are going to be uh, very different ways that people are going to approach it. But with a with a two person race, often that that dichotomy makes people make up their minds a bit earlier. Sylvia. You were gesturing. Uh, well, no, I, I, I guess I quarrel with the definition of whatever the definition of progressive is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that because you are – I mean I consider myself in many ways progressive, mm-hmm. small p progressive. I have been accused – on social media, being a liberal, literally. But I know I, 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 and it worried me a way that there was perhaps a bit of a knee-jerk reaction uh, at, at the beginning, and I don't think I've seen an election in a long time. And maybe there, maybe this is happening, but a municipal election in a long time that's been quite as partisan as this election ah, appears okay. to be. I think. Really? Okay. Now, oh, I think I think Tim wants a piece of that. Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I generally agree with Sylvia. I think elections happening now, including Ford's election and the federal election we have uh, next year, we're in a moment of transition. Hmm. You know, so we take this one fixed read of how of how uh, voters behave in this particular municipal election, for example. But I don't think we determine a trend. I think things are very much in flux. Uh, the one thing I'd like to add to talking about the voters is that there's a lot of new voters. And I don't necessarily mean a groundswell of young voters, you know, backing one candidate. Um, but it used to be when you ran an election in Peterborough, you were competing for the same voters who voted in the previous election. And I think what causes much more flux in this election. There's a lot of different people out there, and a lot of people are approaching elections in a very different way, sometimes in a more enlightened way, but as Sylvia said, sometimes in a, in, in, in a rather simplistic, partisan way, and I think that's just emphasized by social media. Sean? I think also just to jump in on the changing amount of voters, uh, in 2014, each ward had about 11,000 people, where right now, that's uh, that's in some of the ward races that we're seeing, that ward size is close to 16, 16,000 people in a ward. So that's a that's a pretty dramatic yeah. increase, mm-hmm. and people have to cover a lot of ground to do that. Just, okay. be, just be grateful that Mr. Ford hasn't stepped in yet to make them even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, ideas. <laughs> if the appeals uh, to reason and emotion are over and the persuasion game is running out of gas, what should campaign teams be doing right now? Is it all about confirming supporters and uh, setting up their GOTV, get-out-the-vote strategies? Go knock doors. Yes. <laughs> Go knock doors. I, I, don't think, I, don't think, I don't think there's going to be anyone in this room who's, who's not going to say that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, the, the, you take a look at the races, and we will look at the races. Um, I think a lot of the races are going to be decided by... And you got to get to those doors, and you got to do it to the finish line. And sure, that might include saying, "Get the vote out." But you know, you realize, Donald doors. Fraser, you just sabotaged my brilliant social media question. <laughs> well, <laughs> oops. and that's that's the thing. I, we don't know how exactly to harness social media for votes. Right. I. I, I say it every time we talk about this. Yes, there is no replacement for face-to-face contact in municipal yep. election. You get out and meet everyone. Yep. And if you're starting now, you're too late. You should have been doing it since, since the early summer. However, there is no doubt that people make decisions based on a fairly simple, superficial 
you know, attitude, a meme or whatever online. Uh, Taylor Swift endorses a candidate and 100,000 people register to vote within 24-hour period. Yes. So, but no one quite knows how to do that yet, at least no one who doesn't speak Russian. <laughs> okay. Or Chinese, possibly, too, actually. And no, I, I've had an interesting experience this election because I've spent the month of September away from Peterborough. Hmm. And uh, I spent it where I was following the election primarily on social media. Oh. And I had, I thought, a pretty good idea. Given the uh, the social media, Facebook is the only – I have no idea how to tweet or Twitter and that stuff. Facebook. And I thought, gee whiz, you know, this is going to be a runaway for one of the candidates. Hmm. And I got back to Peterborough, and I found that isn't the case. In fact. Interesting. Yeah, and it's in, I was talking to to Dean Papa. So we, we take a look at social media, and then we take a look at the the uh, the other big indicator, which is signs. And I had an interesting talk with with Dean Pappas, and he took a little tour around the different wards, and and uh, and he was giving his idea on on things just via signs. And uh, I know when it came to Ashburnham Ward, I said. I, I don't. I don't know that that's actually a, a, a fairly very good uh, in, indicator here, Dean. Well, the sign issue. Uh, again, we could do an hour on signs. It has blown up a bit on Twitter, uh, in that uh, there have been accusations that various candidates are placing signs on quote unquote public land. Oh, the city <laughs> really? the city replied to one of my tweets so I phoned and uh, was told that the city prefers now the language is important here the city <laughs> prefers signs on public land uh, on on private land but they do not want to restrict anyone's right to free speech therefore the only signs they will out and out remove are signs that are put on parks I, this may or not be the best time to bring this up. I'm going to take this on a tangent, <laughs> but, I, but if you have been following the issues with Peterborough this week, trying to reach the city clerk's office about uh, the mayor's um, oh, yeah. election event with the police and with the signs in the background, this is the second time that Bennett's done this. Mm -hmm. uh, he did this also with uh, Snap Magazine, where he appealed with the chain of office. And of course, these can be, you know, honest mistakes. What, and, and we don't know, we can't conclude tonight. What's interesting, though, is there seems to be an effort by the city clerk to provide a little bit of cover. And I think I know that uh, Tyler, Taylor Clydesdale at uh, Peterborough this week, it took a week to get the city clerk to come back on a very simple question. Yes. And, you know, I, we don't know where to take that, but I think it's a story that hasn't been examined enough. Okay. Are you talking you cover, covering for, for one candidate or, yeah. or umbrella? Covering for the mayor. For the mayor. Yeah. Well, we don't know that, and it, but it is a story, quite yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, any journalist would say that's a story. Yeah. Um, back to signs, and then I may throw out something. Um, back to signs. I've always figured the only signs worthwhile are the signs on private property. And if you have a lot of signs on public property, it means you don't have enough private property to put them on. <laughs> and, they, and they'll only end up uh, irritating people. Um, it's... Uh, well, I was going to make a comment about the mayor's debate the other night, but maybe I'll save that till yeah, later we'll, when we're we'll talking touch about that. Yeah. We'll touch on that. I'm just wondering, what should candidates and their teams be doing to get out the vote? What are the tricks of the trade, especially during the last days of campaign? Identify it. Know where it is. And it's too late now if you haven't done it when you've been canvassing. But there's no sense going knocking on a door and have somebody said, yes, I support you, and you don't write down their name so somebody can look up their phone number and call them to get them out. The, I remember years ago reading a book written by a congressman from Michigan, I think. And it was when I was trying to read a book learning how to win an election. And I tried it must to have worked. Well, <laughs> I tried to learn to ride a horse that way, too, and it didn't work. But... <laughs> But the uh, no the uh, you really the first thing you should be planning for the congressman said it went on to the Senate later is the is the last day is election day you should have your people lined up you should have your phoners lined up you should have drivers lined up you should know where that vote is you don't want it sitting at home so if you haven't done that already top Sean well you know there are campaigns in the city of Peterborough that are running get out the vote strategy right now. Um, the online polls opened this morning. Votes are going in. 
uh, we're, we've probably had thousands of people already vote by this hour. Mm-hmm. 12 hours of polling that's been open. In 2014, we saw most of the 48% turnout. 50% of it voted online. That's going to be over and done with now. If you haven't done the doors, if you haven't identified the vote, you're never going to pull it. Yeah. No, and a couple of people. How many of us in this room have voted today? I did. I did. One, two, three. Yeah. Not yet. yet. Yeah, three or five. Okay. Uh, now, what can anyone, candidates, media, the city, activists, folks in this room, what can anyone do to increase voter turnout? Any insights? And Sean, let me reference a conversation you and I had. Uh, in the last election, uh, municipal election, we had 47% turnout, yet in the recent provincial election, we had 66%, the highest in the province. Why the big difference? You're talking about the same community. Yeah, you know, it's... it. it it comes along with, uh, I think a lot of people are, are and, and Tim and I talked about this, is, is people are burned out. People are right. going, are burned out from elections. And, um, you know, it had been a couple of years uh, since we had had an election locally up, leading up to the provincial election. So people were excited for a change. And change brings about turnout. And turnout brings about change. Those two things go hand in hand. And... Uh, uh, Regardless of, of how you feel about how that turned out, the turnout was amazing in Peterborough. Mm-hmm. And can I take some credit for that? Maybe. But all parties involved, they were finding votes. We're knocking on doors. We've got to knock. Yeah, I just, you know, when you, you said, and I, I agree, it's, 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 it is the standard wisdom that at this point, if you haven't locked that in, if you don't know where your votes are, you know, you're not you're not just grasping for votes the last couple of weeks. You know where they are. You check on them all day. You get them out on e-day. Um, but again, there's something else that's emerging, and I don't again, I don't know if anyone's harnessed it. But there are still available votes out there to the casual observer if you can snare them online and redirect them to the voting website, and it takes them just a couple of minutes, and they're done. You still have to identify them. And Absolutely, you them. you have to identify them. So, are they in your? network you know what are are they in that kind of thing it doesn't mean again i don't think there's a huge cache of votes there but if i'm a counselor right now running in and i've done i've done what i should have done and i've identified my votes i've got my canvas done i've got my e-day list put together and i've made sure of that i'm going for the last couple hundred votes that i can find online of people who are just starting to pay attention now and they're going to click through whatever meme i put online and they're going to vote for me yeah and and i mean absolutely uh at this point saying vote is the important part. I mean, trying to boost that, that voter turnout is absolutely huge. Because if, if you're hitting them on, the, on social media, then they are already in your sphere of influence. And at this point, you're just trying to get those numbers up, get people online or at the door or whatever. So it is vote, vote, vote. And, and give them a reason to vote, not just a reason to vote for me, but throw out the issues of why they just need to vote. All right. Um, And with that, uh, shall we dive into uh, the lead item, uh, the mayor's race? Uh, So I have five bullet points, and we can attack them in whatever order. Uh, And my first bullet, perhaps I should put at the end. So I'll jump. The first bullet was who's ahead and why. So instead, (laughs) let me jump to the second bullet. In terms of campaign strength, who has run the better campaign so far of the two mayoralty candidates? Well, depending whether I think online, on online, the better campaign has been run by uh, Diane Therrien. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the ground, I'm not absolutely certain. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that Mayor Bennett has run perhaps a better campaign on ground than many people may think he has. And that's, I say, that's what surprised When I was sitting up around the bay from Penetang and looking only at social media, I thought, well, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, Diane Tarion is going to be the next mayor. And I get back to Peterborough and I no longer feel that strongly that that is indeed going to be the case. Tim. I, I, I tend to agree about the dichotomy between the two candidates. I think you're on to something there. And you're right. If you read social media, that's Diane's territory. Uh, and I think Bennett is constantly underestimated on how effectively he gets out his voters. Uh, he has very, very established networks, and he's able to go out there. And, I, you know, I think he kind of knows. I don't know how many new voters he's able to recruit, but he certainly has a formidable block of voters. The only wild card, and this is where I, I would disagree with you a little bit here, Sylvia, is okay. that it's okay, is that uh, 
there is a very sophisticated team behind Diane. And so when we talk about people who can get out the vote, we talk about people who know how to run an E-Day, these are seasoned political professionals. And so um, whether those votes are there or not is an open question, but they are not going to leave a single vote left unvoted. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't quarrel with that for a moment. And, uh, for example, if you just look at Sean's team from the last election, I mean, that was a great, great run. You obviously had a very good team, and I suspect most of them are supporting Diane Tarion. Uh, so I, you're not disagreeing with me, but I do think there's a and, – and, and certainly Daryl Bennett has a very good and experienced and seasoned team. And I'm just looking at – and I think there's also – and I said this several weeks ago in the paper – that there is a mood out there for change. I also, also said you have to be careful what you ask for. But um, there has been – and but if you look at what change has been happening lately – in 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 in, uh, in in the elections uh, provincially in the states worldwide in Quebec other places the change has been to the right and that uh, I don't know what that says about what might happen in Peterborough but I think it's a disturbing trend. I, I want to talk just briefly about about demographics and I want to talk about the demographics of social media users as uh, compared to the demographic of who candidates are, are reaching out to and hitting. Uh, as a person who works in communications for a living, you take a look at demographics of who your core social media users are, who you who that marketing works better for, uh, and who who's going to be engaged in this. Uh, and so the social media campaigns fit squarely into the demographics that Diane is reaching out for, pushing knows. Um, and by <laughs> it's, it's natural that that. Daryl is not going to have as strong uh, a foothold in that world. Okay. Now, does either candidate candidate have an edge coming out of the debates? I just want to say one thing that bothered me at the debate. Please. Uh, there were several things that, you know, you could pick up on. But it was actually, and this is not targeted, but it, it's obviously going to make It was when Diane Tarion promised to get rid of the do not enter sign at the mayor's door. Ah, yes. She didn't have to say that. No. And she shouldn't have because there is no do not enter sign. You're right. And the, well, there is a do not enter sign at a door in City Hall. And it's at the counselor's office. Right. And what, what is, what is uh, when you go in on the right, as you know, it's a, uh, staff only and you stop at the desk and you can go down. And, but to say that and throw that line away, which got some ink later and a lot of people applauded it in social media, why do you have to do that? You know, when a it's demonstrably not true, right. and you're and you're 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 putting yourself at risk of, of people saying you've just said something that you didn't have to say, and it's ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, just to chime in a little bit about uh, the uh, mayoral debate last week, I was there, and uh, it was very nice to see a great cross section of the community there. Uh, we saw. Um, every kind of person you could think of that lives in Peterborough showed up there, and that was amazing. Um, to who that do was I at think? the venue, at the venue, right? And uh, it, I thought it was put together well. The panel was good. Sandra Duke did a great job, um, but I don't think there was a clear winner there. And um, Mr. Bennett, yeah. I uh, may disagree with some of his policies, as you may know, because my uh, <laughs> no particular <laughs> political stripe, but. Uh, he, he knows how to answer a question. He knows how to stick to his guns. Diane knows how to answer a question, stick to her guns. For me, that it shows, it shows to the undecided, okay, we are, we are talking about this is a two-person race, mm -hmm. and it's a, it's a really powerful and interesting thing in Peterborough to have a two-person yeah. race. And Diane is very good on stage. Like She stands up. She, uh, she, is, she is very animated. I thought and, the standing was up a, was very yeah. effective. Yeah, I would agree. All right. Um, so coming out of the debates, we have that analysis. Now, what about media coverage? How have Terrian and Bennett be, been treated in the local media? Uh, we, we have some of the local media present here. <laughs> well, I have stayed away from it. Uh, you may have yeah. noticed I've not written on, sure. uh, except at the very beginning, about the importance of voting. And I have a, a column coming in on Friday uh, which I hope, which uh, does touch on the election, but not in a particularly partisan way. Um, the uh, the media coverage, I think, has supported Tarion, very much so. Uh, you take a look at the Peterborough Examiner, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, last uh, last week's Thursday page, you know, it, 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 Diane couldn't have paid for better publicity than the, than the heads on that page. And uh, there was Rosemary's column uh, supporting Diane, and then there was David Goyette's column, which we'll see what he writes this week, which supported <laughs> Diane yes, yes. and 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 listed all the things that you know the, that aren't in her platform and should be, but these aren't important. These you know these other things are, and it was generally a favorable column. And as I've been reading the papers from afar and here, uh, I yeah, I wouldn't be unhappy if I was Diane with the coverage. Others may have another view of it. I, I think you're right, and that's a, that's a quite a bit change in the media landscape here. You know, usually Indeed. the more traditional candidate gets a pass, and we've seen that at the federal level particularly. I mean, there was, you know, Mr. Del Mastro was given 20, 50 lives in the local media uh, <laughs> as time went on there um, in, in a way that perhaps our current MP hasn't been given as, as much license. Uh, but there's I, – I, I think it has partly to do with, with Diane is uh, – and I, I don't say this to, to, to diss the mayor. She's a more interesting candidate. She's new. There's something yeah. different about her. She's bringing new ideas. Bennett's more of a known quantity. And I don't think it's without getting back to the controversy. I don't think it was an accident that he went all 40 in law and order. We have to arrest people and get them off the street. I think there was a sense that he had to come up with something. And he actually did make a media splash. As far as I can tell, the first time in his campaign, he actually penetrated through that wall by becoming all of a sudden, you know, whapping his palm with his baton, standing on George Street, saying, "I'm going to arrest them all." You know, I want to, I want to, I want to touch on that a little bit, and it always, it. I must say that it it behooves me to say that I am rather irked when, <laughs> delicately said, <laughs> when an incumbent decides to run on the record, and then turn around and say. But this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Clean them up. Law and order. It to me that's mixed messages from the in- incumbent, and I uh, I don't agree with that style. It's it's misleading. I feel. I think one thing we always have to keep in mind, and this is in in defense of anyone or opposed to anyone, is the fact that the mayor is one voice on council, and Very and true. and and uh, you know, and and much will depend. For example, whoever is elected mayor. The critical thing will be who's elected with them, yes. and 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 it is never a uh, it, and I I mean a lot of people said gee you did a great job with that park Millennium Park well I didn't do that council supported it uh, staff supported it. you know it was easy but it's never one person uh, I'm wondering with with the our history of six five and our um, the, the 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 council that we have currently and 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 um. I'm, not, I'm hesitant to use the word slate, but there, these are these are folks who are working with the mayor, and uh, I don't know that he's so much as one voice as a ringleader. Yeah, and I just sorry, I'll get I'll get handed over. Still in there sharing with a, mic here, so with a longtime <laughs> former mayor to my right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I just I, I just yeah, I, we we need to acknowledge that we need to acknowledge that, and you can actually compliment the mayor if that's your choice. You know that he does run city council like a boardroom. Uh, he counts his votes before something comes forward, and, and he arranges it. They they caucus in separate rooms before they go into it. The mayor has has Parnell and Hall signs in front of his business. You know, there's <laughs> – I drove by it today. Uh, so and, – and that's not wrong. That's not evil. But we can't pretend it doesn't happen. That's all I'm saying. Well, so, yeah. I don't know that they caucus in separate rooms. You know more than I do about it because I'm not down there. But – and I, I heard – I've had people deny that they do. Uh, but the uh, reality is like somebody will say so-and-so, we have on council some clearly small-c conservative uh, councillors, <laughs> and they tend to not always agree with each other, but they do agree. that. And the mayor, we know, is a conservative, small-c and big-c. That doesn't mean he has them in their po- his pocket. It may simply mean that they happen to agree with him. And the same is true on the, uh, you know, on the other side. And uh, I, as I said, it, re- it worries me that again that we, that we're be, the, par- the, the politics are becoming so partisan. When I, with party politics, when I was first elected in 1985, there were three nominal members of the NDP who were elected to that council: Paul Croke, Paul Rex, and Lynn Moyer. And the Peterborough Examiner, in its wisdom, said, "Aha." looking at Toronto, there's going to be an NDP caucus at City Hall. 
Well, if they could have voted three different ways on most issues, they would have, because the issues were local issues. And and more and more I see injected into campaigns and into accusations against the against councillors on one side or the other, accusations of partisanship. Um, yeah, but you, you can agree with somebody. It doesn't mean you're in their pocket. You just happen to agree with them. Yes, there was a, a photo uh, on Twitter circulating today, a picture of uh, our MPP, uh, Dave Smith, uh, the federal conservative candidate, um, Michael Skinner, uh, with – a bunch of supporters, including um, Mr. Hackey and Mr. Beamer from Northcrest, yeah. and the poster of the Twitter of the tweet made much to do about this. And my reaction was, I mean, I, I uh, for whatever one's feelings about that particular political persuasion is, but they're citizens also; yeah. they have a right to pr- support who they choose to support. And absolutely, and I don't actually, I, I don't think it. It actually has to do with political ideology on, on city council. As, as I said, it, it, it's a boardroom model. And I'm not saying that's even wrong. I just think it has to be recognized that way. And that's what you do in a boardroom. You, you corral your votes. You make compromises. You work it out before you come into the council chamber. And, and uh, it's, uh, there are people who admire that. They think that's how Bennett gets things done. He runs, he runs a city like he's the CEO of a corporation. Okay, Donald. And I think some of those candidates are, are looking to Bennett as their as, – in a leadership role uh, to make sure that their mandate gets through as well. Okay, uh, so now we have the last of the bullets, which is who's ahead and why? (laughs) (laughs) Any takers going once? I I don't think, I think it's close enough. I think it it, it is a mug's game to guess. Yep. I wouldn't guess right now. Uh, I, I, um, Depends who I speak to. <laughs> I, you know, I talk to one uh, one candidate, and they tell me, "Oh well, Bennett's ahead." And I speak to another candidate, he said, "No, no, Diane's ahead." And uh, I, if you want me to go out on a limb, and this isn't stating a preference or anything, it's simply uh, what I hope is an educated guess. Because I think as we look at the totals from the last election, uh, people say, "Oh well, Marion was so close to to Bennett, and therefore uh, Diane will pick up," and she. What people forget in the last election is Alan Wilson. Yes. And Glad you said that. Uh, I have the feeling that the, the mayor may hang in there. Sean. Um, I think uh, going back to something that uh, Tim brought up earlier in the program, uh, we're, we sort of have an idea of, of what number we're going to see uh, the incumbent get. We have that rough idea. But again, we have low voter, low voter turnout. In uh, in our information from 2014, if the challenger can and has done, mm-hmm. hopefully they've knocked on those doors, they've found that vote. If they can increase voter turnout, I think that uh, Diane's got it in the bag. No, I just, I just want to second that. That's exactly the number. You know, if the voter turnouts increase, and it's one of those things, even before the votes are tallied, when we see the number of votes, you're right. If it's around the last election, I, I agree with Sylvia. That that uh, the Alan Wilson voters, not all, because you know they weren't all crazy about Bennett, but they they will go to Bennett on the majority of it if the voter turnout is increased. It's Diane. Okay, now the the quiet Donald Donald Donald. Donald. Uh, I'd like to bring up voter fatigue again. Um, and uh, no, and, and I, th- I think it's true. We we um, we we're hot on the heels of a provincial election. Um, we. The the federal election is not not that so far away. It's not a, it's not like it's four years. Um, and there's you're trying to hit the same people. And if you're Diane, you're trying to rally those same people who were behind Sean, um, who have you know. Yeah. It, and uh, voter turnout is going to be massive. Uh, we have to hope that there isn't a level of being disenfranchised that's going to be a hangover. And this is something that I've returned to. It was what I brought up when we talked about Ford. Um, there, there are a lot of people who are disenfranchised with our system right now. And we have to we have to hope that Diane has uh, – or Diane has to hope that she has um, managed to get people back in the game. And yes. I, I don't know that that many more people are going to be back in the game. Sean? Yeah, I think that's that's a fair assumption, Donald. Uh, I think it's also safe to say that in the provincial election, uh, the NDP and the Liberal Party got close to 28,000 votes combined within the city limits of Peterborough. That's 28,000 people who are not very happy with what happened provincially, and we could see uh, that blowback vote within the city. 
And that could be that new percentage that we're seeing. All right, let's have one more. Yeah, just move on to the wards. Yeah, just really quickly about the. Yeah, the. A lot of Sean's voters will probably go with Diane. Uh, A lot of Smith voters will go with Bennett. Comes down to Leal voters, and and the the liberals in this city tend to be a little bluer than other ridings. But uh, Leal's team is working for Diane. So the people who are making the phone calls, the people doing the e-day organizing, are all people who worked for Leal. But those, those those who are disenfranchised by the liberals. Okay, uh, there, there's a quiet there's a quiet screaming just outside the studio, uh, and that's coming from all the ward candidates who are saying, "When are you, Bozo's going to talk about us?" So, uh, how many tweets have we gotten? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so I'm going to walk through the wards one by one and uh, name the candidates and uh, open the floor. So Autonomy Ward One, we have uh, six candidates: Brock Grills, Bob Hall, Leslie Parnell. Uh, Jason Walwork, Ryan Wadby, and Kim Zippel. I, I would uh, I would say that Atanabe Ward is going to be the most interesting ward to see. Um, we've got uh, a really wonderful slate of people of all political stripe, and we've got different levels of experience in there. Um, and everyone who's involved is is they're they're knocking doors like like crazy down there and the sign wars that's where it is the south end signs everywhere i would i would argue that it's it's almost anyone's game and uh it will be extremely interesting to see what happens in autonomy and i would also say that regardless of what happens in the mayor's race kind of the uh what kind of council that mayor would want to see is going to come down to what's happening in autonomy ward are there any surprises you see in the horizon in autonomy? Can I just comment but please. On, on not necessarily a surprise? You have one of the best campaigners this city has ever seen in Bob Hall. Yeah, true. Uh, in, in autonomy, we want you never underestimate Mr. Hall's ability to campaign. And what is it about his campaign style? Well, he's thorough. Uh, you know, he and he's charming at the doors. He's uh, you know he's very articulate. He's very friendly. He, you know, he's a nice guy. He's out the doors, and and he's a very very good campaigner. I have the feeling that that, uh, but he is a parachute. But he teaches in the yes, I know he does, and it doesn't matter. I have no great problem with people running in wards in which they don't live, but some people do have. Sure, Uh, I think Kim Zippel may have a pretty good crack at this down there, and uh, uh, and Leslie has always run very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't for one moment think uh, discount her. I have the feeling it may be Parnell and Zippel, but the Hall is certainly uh, – and young Brock Grills is articulate and, and – uh, you Brock know, is running a very good Yeah, campaign. I gather he yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, jumping ahead to Monaghan Ward. Ward 2, we have Henry Clark, Charmaine Mugabe, David McGowan, Don Vassilatis, and Jeff Westlake. Uh, who looks strong? Why? Any surprises? I, I, if we're going to be ruthless, I think Monaghan's the easiest one to predict. And that has that is no commentary on some of the other candidacies, but I, I think it'd be very difficult to – well, nearly impossible to dislodge Henry Clark. And I don't think Don Vasiliadis is going to lose. Um, I ran a campaign against Don Vasiliadis, and I was amazed by the support that he had. He didn't actually get out and campaign all that much, mm-hmm. but his connections to the community – uh, ran very, very, very deep, and I don't think he's done anything on council to uh, to disenfranchise his support. I have the feeling that I think Henry Henry Clark is uh, as solid as chips, and uh, he's he's got a, a very distinguished, I th- I'd say, career on council and a good one. And but I would think Jeff Westlake is. Uh, I know he didn't do that well last time. The dark horse? Yeah, I think okay. he may be the dark horse. Okay. All right. Um, and looking at our time, I'm going to move on to Town Ward, Ward 3. We have Kemi Akapo, uh, Jane Davidson, Jenny Alonso, and um, Dean Pappas, and Jim Russell. Um, as, as a resident of Town Ward, um, we've, I've seen uh, people who are, who are campaigning about, and uh, the sign wars look good in Town Ward. And uh, they're they're kind of you know it's what you'd expect down there, and uh, I've been very very impressed with the the Kemia Capo campaign and uh, and I I don't know like does anyone else want to kind of talk? I I I agree with you, Kemi. Yeah. I think there may be a sleeper in there in Jenny Lancio uh, as the Bill Juby candidate. 
Well, I didn't know she was a Bill Juvie candidate, and I, I would not say that she was. Uh, but I, I've, uh, I just have the feeling there may be a sleeper there. It's, it's funny because she's the candidate that, that's difficult to pin down. I think she may have support in the business community. Yeah, she should and I, have. And I, I think that's where it comes from. And, and I mentioned this in the last show, in Town Ward in particular, where you can vote out of your business address rather than your residence. And there's always a candidate they put up. I, I, I Living in Town Ward, I, I do have trouble believing that she'd go over the top. I think she's going to be stronger. I think you're right there. Uh, I think Pappas is going to win yeah. f- pretty straightforward. And and I, I agree. I think Kemi... Uh, Kemi's going to come and uh, going to get in there as well. Uh, Russell's run a very interesting campaign. Also, uh, you're finding his signs in places, and, and and Sean and I were talking about this on the way up. People I know who work in progressive communities and that have Russell signs in front of it through his charity work. But um, you know, the other thing that Sean and I talked about, you, you don't really see Russell downtown. You don't see him at events. You don't see, him. and that's not a, a slight of the, of the at the person, but. Town Ward is really face-to-face. It's a walking neighborhood. It's a biking neighborhood. And particularly Kemi, more than any other candidate, she's the person you've been seeing for years in that neighborhood. And I think she may top the polls there. Maybe, yeah. Oh. I think it's uh, it's mm-hmm. it's it's going to be interesting what that second seat is looking like. And it, it really could go anywhere. And uh, I didn't mean to necessarily put the Bill Juby hat on Jenny Lancio, of, of course, but I meant more <laughs> in the sense that Jenny's campaign, I see, is a little bit more right wing than. Uh, I, I think she might surprise. I think she is certainly fiscally Not- fiscally conservative, uh, but uh, I, I think she may well be more socially liberal than you think she is. Yes, I, and I have to uh, plead uh, privilege information here. Having interviewed twenty one of the twenty seven candidates, uh, it was people people like Jenny Lancio, Jim Russell, uh, that impressed me. To the point that uh, a column that's coming out in the Examiner this week, I finished it with the observation that contrary to Doug Ford, I think we need more councillors, not fewer, because there's so many good people running. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have to say that of the 21 I interviewed, there was no one I felt, wow, you're in over your head. Now, are some are stronger than the others? Of course. But uh, there's so there's so much talent. I mean, we are blessed out here. We are. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I, I think just to speak to that, being at Election Fest today, and I was talking to someone outside as I was going in, and uh, they were asking how I was going. And I said, this is a wonderful thing because everyone who's in there is is some of the best and brightest that this community has to offer. Right. And we have to applaud every single person that wants to get involved. All right. We have to lace up our skates here because we've got two more wards to cover. Uh, Ashburnham Ward, four. Uh, we have Gary Baldwin, Ian Peddle, Paul Rellinger, Keith Riel, and Sheila Wood. Uh, th- th- Who's strong? Uh, this this is Gary and Keith's to lose. I mean, I think they're they're both strong. Um, Gary's an extraordinary campaigner. Uh, he I know that he's been at every door in that ward twice. Um, yes, and 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 doors mean as as we've gone through it, it means a lot. Uh, and he's incredible at a door. So I think I think that's going to be huge. We're seeing Sheila signs in the heart of of. I'll call it old East City, uh, but I don't think that she's got the reach that that Gary has. She's certainly got the energy. She does have the energy. Um, I think the other one's Keith. Uh, Keith has got a lot of community support. He's got NDP support. He uh, he's going to be very very hard to dislodge from that uh, from, from that seat. Just one quick thing about about Gary Baldwin too. One thing a lot of candidates in this city completely underestimate is the sporting community. Oh yeah, and how deep it is. And, and Gary's a ref. And he's a really personable, popular ref. And there's a lot of people, I mean, and a, teacher. Exp- and a teacher, a lot of people know him that way. But that's the thing people don't realize. I first met Gary Baldwin refing a hockey game. <laughs> you know, he, was the, he was the ref, and some said, that's the counselor. Uh, so this is something, and again, a lot of candidates completely underestimate the network of the sporting community in the city and how pervasive and how large it is. Can I just take a, a brief moment? And, and, and uh, I, I want uh, a lot of people who have who've taken a look at votes that have happened over the last four years to take a look at uh, where where two votes coming out of, out of Ashburnham East City Ward have been consistently working hard to maintain a sense of 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 liberalism of of progress of of fighting for those things uh, that are more about say quality of life than uh, than a budget line um, you know I, I got to give mad props to uh, to the, those two councillors okay and last ward Northcrest Ward five we have Andrew Beamer David Heike uh, Zach Hatton and Stephen Wright 
Who's looking strong? Tim, I have a I have a feeling we're going to, we're going to have a new counselor in in, in Northcrest. Oh really? I, I I'm not sure, and I I'm not connected enough. I'm a I'm a downtown person, so this is just a gut thing. I I think, you know, I think Andrew Beamer is probably going to get back in. He's a tireless campaigner. Um, Stephen Wright surprised everyone in the last cycle yes. by how many oh, votes he got. Incredible. And he's been working in the community and continuing to campaign. Uh, I don't know enough. This isn't a prediction because I can't say I have my ear to the ground in Northcrest. But I have. I, if I, there was going to be a surprise, it would be that Stephen Wright slips in second in Northcrest. He Interesting. Is, he okay. is running a very good campaign. Yeah, he is. And from what I've seen. Yeah, Sylvia. No, I I wouldn't disagree. Uh, I would have said, uh, you know, uh, before I left, uh, that the two sitting councillors are safe as chips. But uh, I don't disagree with the analysis we just heard, uh, Dave. It's it's it's. I wouldn't predict it either, but I think there is a, a chance there. Just knocking at the incumbent is going to be that much harder. Um, I think Stephen's done really, really well, um, well enough to to take out uh, Dave and Andrew. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, so running through the five wards and the mayor's race, what's our council going to look like in terms of ratios? We've had a 6-5 council. What are our number... Guru's saying, I, "I would rather it not be a ratio. I would rather it be a, a issue by issue where they sit down and debate and work it out. I think that's been we can debate how it happened or why it mm-hmm. happened, mm-hmm. but it was predictable. Every single issue that came to city council, you kind of knew in advance how they're going to vote, and that you know, that became. I, I would rather there actually be debate. You know, maybe I'm Pollyannish about this. No, no. I, I and I I'm not. It was a different time." And, uh, and different politics, but I headed five councils where you couldn't predict the outcome of a vote. I couldn't, most of the important ones. All of, You know, there was no – it was issue by issue, and it was refreshing. I think, I think that will be refreshing for a lot of people uh, that if we look at the next council and we, we're not sure the way that – certain people are going to vote. We understand the values of the councillor and we understand the values of the community, but it, it, it does have to be case by case. And, uh, hey, let's see what happens. All right. Well, thank you so much, Tim Etherington. Sylvia Can I Sutherland? just one, one, sure. one, one point? And it's, <laughs> and it's just that I, I, the next council really does have my sympathy. <laughs> <laughs> no, for a reason that was very we, – we went through the Harris years where a lot was yeah. shoved off yeah. onto municipalities. Yeah. And that is – I have the feeling that's going to be repeated and it's going to be a terrible challenge yes. for a, any municipal council yeah. in yes. this province. Okay. And with that, thank you very much, Tim, Sylvia. Donald Fraser, Sean Conway, wonderful. Just before we uh, sign off here, here's our lineup for the rest of the month. October 16th, candidates Jason Walwork and Jane Davidson. On uh, October 23rd, uh, we're going to have uh, election debrief with our panel, hopefully. Eyes darting around the studio. And then on October 30th, we're going to have a session on urban design. Thank you all. You've been listening to Pints in Politics, a weekly political discussion program coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio, uh, 92.7 on your FM dial. I'm Bill Templeman. Have a great week, and please tune us in next week for another round of Pints in Politics.